Welcome to 1991 Movie Rewind, a podcast where we watch and review every movie released in 1991, from the all-time greatest classics to the critically panned and everything in between. We'll rediscover forgotten fan favorites and uncover hidden gems as we explore the depths of the direct-to-video. Join us in our celebration of the fun, unique, and diverse films of this highly underrated year. This week, we watched Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. Hi, this is Nikki. And this is John, and thank you for joining us in 1991 Movie Rewind. Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare is the sixth entry in the Nightmare on Elm Street story. Uh, It takes place ten years after the events of the previous movie. All of the kids and many adults of Springwood, Ohio are now dead and gone, except for one surviving teenager. Freddy is constantly tormenting him, but keeps him alive. This teen, who has amnesia, is able to escape to a new city where he ends up in a shelter for teens and rests his hopes on the therapists to set him free. Screenplay by Michael DeLuca, directed by Rachel Talalay, and released on Friday the 13th of September 1991. Have you seen this movie before? Yes, I have. Okay. I have not at all. Okay. Uh, I've seen only the first Nightmare on Elm Street, but that was back when I was in college. That was the first time I'd seen it because I was a paranoid kid. Mm-hmm. And I refused to watch horror movies. They scared the crap out of me. I remember when, just a quick side story, I remember when uh, Friday the 13th 8 came out. Okay. And it was like, Jason takes Manhattan. <laughs> And I was relieved because it meant he was far away from my hometown. <laughs> okay. So I was like, I was paranoid and I took these things way too too literal and serious. So I, I avoided horror movies at all costs for a long, long time in my life. So yeah. Uh, I am the opposite. I've watched horror movies since I was a kid. Not really by choice. It soon became choice when I got a little bit older. And um, it was mostly my aunts who were babysitting me. One of them took me to, I think, one of my first horror movies I ever saw in a theater was the fifth one. Okay. So that one I remember the most, Dream Child. That one is still, I remember that one even though I haven't seen it in like pretty much 30 years. And I... Since then, I decided to watch all of them, but while we were, we watched all five to get to the sixth. Yeah, in preparation for this In prep for this, which was good because, you know, the sixth one brings back a lot of stuff from the first five, pretty much. Um, the, the one that I think I didn't see was the fourth one, which was Dream Master. Because I I usually remember the movies by their deaths, Yeah. and I didn't remember anything from that movie, so I think I saw one, two, three, five, Five. and then then now six. So this is your first time seeing six? No, this is probably my second time seeing six. I just, I guess I just never saw four. Somehow avoided it. Yeah. And then there's two others after this, or three if you count the remake, but... um... I've seen I've seen Freddy versus Jason. That was that was. See, I've never seen. I that was possibly my first Freddy Krueger movie. Huh. And then I realized, oh, this is just goofy. 
stuff. Yeah. Because I saw it in a theater with a group of friends in college. So, yeah, I have not seen the new Nightmare, which would be the seventh entry. So, even though this is the final Nightmare, this is not the last Elm Street right. movie. There is... Uh, yeah, I There's didn't new see Nightmare, which came out a couple of years later. New Nightmare or Freddy vs. Jason or the remake. Yeah. Maybe another time. But not for this podcast. We had enough to watch. Right. <laughs> we were to sprinkling prep. in Nightmare on Elm Street movies while we were watching, you know, other people's money and other, you know, <laughs> yeah, regarding Fisher Henry. King. Yeah, we were watching, we watched, <laughs> we watched the first two and then we were like, okay, we got to watch Regarding Henry. Yeah. <laughs> As a palate cleanser, I guess. I don't know. I don't, I don't know which was... Cl- cleaning which palette but <laughs> yeah, i know um so I, I i know we'll talk about some of the other movies as we go along but i would say that this movie while it could work as a standalone probably does require some knowledge of the other movies yeah to to really get a full effect but even so i don't know if it's worth the time investment this movie is not good (laughs) (laughs) i i think this is probably so i don't know if you want to get through the orders of which you liked most to least but i like one three five and then two four six were so your order is one three five no i like if if we're going in or well, I guess it would yeah it, best to best to worst best to worst my top three mm-hmm. was one three is probably my dream warriors is I like one because that's the first one that sets the premise three is probably my favorite out of all okay I like dream warriors the most. Okay. So one, three, and then five, I like Dream Child, just because I remember that was my first that horror movie. Nostalgia. It's a nostalgia thing. And then re-watching it now, I was like, why was I so afraid of this? But, I mean, I can understand as like a, I think it was like nine or something. Yeah. So as a nine-year-old, this like messed me up, yeah, like, watching some of those like nasty scenes. Yeah, like why was I afraid of killer clowns from outer space? Like there's no real reason for it but I, I was at the time you know? <laughs> I turned the page of a comic and I see Chucky's face for a child's play ad and I'm like scared out of my mind but it's you know printed advertisement you're just you know you're a kid yeah so okay so your order is probably one three five two four six yeah or three one five yeah depending on the day yeah okay my order is one three two four five six okay and honestly, depending on the day, I could put two ahead of three. Oh, really? Yeah. I just thought two was cheesier. Than three, I think I like, I go by the deaths and yeah. like how creative they were. Yeah, that's that's a lot of my basis too. And I think here the problem I have with, with number three Dream Warriors is that a lot of the characters don't have personality. You have... Patricia Arquette. Patricia Arquette. Arquette. (laughs) (laughs) It hasn't been that long, but I already forgot. (laughs) You have Patricia Arquette, who's good. Yeah. You have the other people were just there to die. They were just there to exist or have like, you know, the one guy's story was that he just didn't talk. And like, that's his... But then he became like in the next movie. Yeah. And then you wish he he didn't. Yeah. Um, 
So what I think makes, I don't know, I, I kind of liked two in terms of the creativeness of it. Um, of going, because it's like, instead of a scream queen, like a final girl, it was the final guy. Yeah, I guess. I mean, that wasn't really the, the main crux. I think what ruined it for me was that Freddie was defeated by the power of love in number two. Okay. Um, and clearly the movie had like homosexual undertones and it was like the love between the man and the woman who, you know, defeated Freddie at the end as well. So it was like weird to me in that regard. So okay. like the ending was terrible in number two and that's what puts it a notch below three. But I think number one was probably the most creative and it had like the best sense of I'm in a dream world. Like this is, this is what it would be like if you are stuck in a dream and like someone is like manipulating your surroundings and you're trying to escape and like you're stepping on steps and like it becomes like marshmallow goo, you mm -hmm. know, like and all yeah. this other stuff that, you know, you expect one thing and then all of a sudden you turn around and like you have a whole nother reality in front of you. I think one did the best job of that. And then five, yeah. it was just too derivative of other stuff. Like you had like that whole ending sequence is basically just labyrinth. You know, like with like the MC Escher steps and stuff. Yeah, I mean, and then like I, that that scene with like the the model girl, you know, that oh, was like, with her eating. Yeah, like that was like Beetlejuice meets Meaning of Life guy exploding. I you think know? yeah, <laughs> so it was like everything was like derivative of everything else, including like past movies. Cause so just stealing ideas also, from other movies. Yeah, or but, just recalling other movies. And didn't Five also have a waterbed death? Yeah. Which they had already done in, in a previous Elm Street movie. Yeah. So, I, I understand your perspective because you have the nostalgia. I think it, in the I scene, also like it because, I mean, it brings in newborn baby. Like, it's he's going into the unborn baby's dreams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... It builds some lore, which Yeah, is nice. that's what... I like that lore, and I wish that was kind of continued. Like, they would bring in that child, the baby. I mean, it's a child in her dreams, like a nine-year-old kid. Right. But played, it's still... Played by an a, actor who is kind of creepy in his own right. Yeah, <laughs> played, yeah, He yeah. played a lot of creepy... Yeah, yeah, he always played, like, creepy roles. But they didn't continue that lore in the sixth one. They kind which of, like, were I building towards it. they did... Yeah, like with like the mother and the asylum and everything and all this other stuff. And then they kind of change everything around. And then they're like, in, in the sixth one, now Freddy Krueger is this guy who had a wife and child. And yeah, he was this horrible monster and died. But by the way, he also had a wife and child that you didn't know about until now somehow. Mm -hmm. um, and forget about the whole thing about the mother being you know, assaulted by mental patients and him being the spawn of the devil. Like, that almost takes a back seat to The this, other thing, like, with G Dream Child, when... Where he the, has, like, a semi-normal family and, and yeah, life. Yeah, his mom... When his mom gave birth, you know, they show that scene, and it comes yeah. out like a decrepit child. Like, he looks all... Yeah, it's like a... Like, he already looks at... Like, he's like a the alien burned... baby, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and she's like, oh, no, not again, type of a thing. So yeah, but again, when they, in the sixth movie, <laughs> yeah. you know, he's just like, 
he doesn't have any facial scars or whatever. In, well, no. Yeah. When they show, they go in the background of like when he's a kid. Right. In the sixth movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, like the, the, the final dream sequence in the five in five where she gives birth to him. I mean, that was a dream sequence. So yeah. she was rebirthing him at that yeah. time. That wasn't meant so to be So she's like, like, I'm giving, I'm and she constantly knows it's going a through this. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, uh, I don't want this, like, don't let this happen again. Yeah. Type of thing. Because she knew what the result was at the end. In my mind, like, when I was watching this growing up, I thought, like, he was a deformed baby. Like, he was born that, like, he looked that way, like sure, a burned sure. victim already. Yeah. Even though I know he says, you know, I've been burnt. Like, in the last movie, he was like, I've been killed three times, burned alive, you know, buried alive. Right. So, holy water, yeah. Yeah, holy water. And then... But, I mean, I understand why you would think that, especially if five was your first movie. Yeah. So, it makes, so when... Makes but sense. then when I saw six, and then when he goes back, when, you know, his daughter is going through his memories... Of him yeah. growing up. Which is a dumb sequence, but yeah. Right. You know, they show him as like a eight-year-old mm-hmm. being bullied. And then another sequence where he's a teen and he's, you know, being, being beaten, beaten by, by a stepfather or someone. Played by Alice Cooper. Yes. <laughs> and uh, he loves it. Yeah, well, he's he's learned to yeah ignore Enjoy the pain. Enjoy the pain, yeah. yeah. Like, it doesn't affect him anymore. So he's he just, like, block out the sadomasochist, and it's just, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, they, they try to make it seem like it's not his fault that he is the way he is, or whatever. So Right. I don't know. Yeah, the, the story also, of the Lord just didn't I don't know. Do I also it. wanted to know, I mean, his mom was a nun. Supposedly, yes. 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 I wanted to know, like, in, so... And in, in, in an insane asylum. Asylum, yes. Boy, that's a hard sentence to say. Yeah. She was assaulted by a hundred different... A hundred different maniacs. Yes. Yes. And I wanted to know, I mean, what did she give him up? Like, did she raise him? I don't know. What? That's what I wanted to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wanted to know, like, what was his upbringing... I don't like, know. was he adopted? Did he have loving... It didn't seem like he had loving no, parenting. Mean, or if Cooper he was in foster. Like, Alice maybe Cooper was that a foster loving. father? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. That's what I wanted to know. So he must have been fostered or, or something, because Alice Cooper wasn't his birth father, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Eh, whatever. Uh, that that they, will they never be explained. <laughs> maybe in the new nightmare. Yeah, was, maybe we don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but this one didn't do... It didn't do enough to, to push the lore in the right direction. I think it really just made things more confusing. Um, and I think part of the confusion is is the timeline that they present at the beginning where they say... Okay, so the movie starts out kind of weird to begin with. It starts off with like a Nietzsche quote. Mm-hmm. And then it's followed up by a Freddy Krueger quote. From like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one of the... Either four or five, I don't remember which one of ours. Yeah. is like, welcome to primetime, bitch. And yeah, it's Kruger. all like pretty much the you know the memorable quotes that he has said when he's killed someone in yeah. the past five movies yeah which i mean we'll get into his dialogue later i don't know but anyway like and and then and then they show like this map as if it's becoming like this sci-fi action movie and it's like springwood ohio which i didn't know that was the town 
Oh, I knew it was okay. Ohio. <laughs> I had no idea it was... Yeah, I didn't know that they had established that that was the town. Um, ten years from now is all it says. From, yeah. From <laughs> it now. Yeah, it doesn't say the year. It just says ten years ten from years, now. They should have just said so, like, ten years that, later. So, from... like, is that 2001? Because the movie was released in 1991. But it seems or like ten there, years it's assumed from... to be ten years from the events of the last movie, which would be 1999. Yeah, I assumed it was ten years from, you know, when that the girl from the last movie, Lisa Will, or Alice, she gives birth. Yeah, it's tough to and say. And is it 10 years later? That's why I was like, oh, are we going to see the 10-year-old, her 10-year-old? I and don't know. But that's yeah, what I the phrasing was the, thinking. The phrasing on this weird map that looks like it's trying to be like this weird sci-fi post-apocalyptic thing. Yeah. Um, and it's like a news whatever. Uh, so there's like mass suicides and mental problems for the entire town. And like, you know, so many of the, the kids are like, are, I mean, they say mass suicides, but really just like Freddie has gone through and killed every person. It's been 10 years and they're just skipping a whole bunch of torture and torment and death mm-hmm. that he's imparted on so the teens and a lot that's of the adults in the I'm in the assuming. Town. So did he kill the woman in the la- in the fifth movie? Alice, the one that gave birth. He must have, because she's gone. And it's been I 10 just years. wish she was around. I don't know. We missed it. It's and off the camera. Baby. Off I know. camera death. So she, all those people are dead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and all it, the, the like only people that, that were left were the people who were at that fair, right? Basically. Yeah. When they go to the There's town. like three people. Yeah. And then the John Doe. Yeah, kid. and yeah, the only like young person is this John Doe. That's all he's ever re- referred to in the movie. Right. Is is John Doe, um, who we meet uh, in the sequence after they show that map, where they show um, he's on a plane. There's a bunch of turbulence, and then like this little girl turns around, um, saying that Freddy Krueger is gonna make you help him. Mm-hmm. Right, and then, and then the woman next to him like falls out of the plane, and then he falls out of the plane, and he wakes up, and he's in a house, and that house is falling <laughs> yeah, right. out of the sky too. Yeah, and they do like a Wizard of Oz type of sequence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do this wizard like with like the night on Ball Mountain sound and everything, and like Freddy Krueger is dressed up like a witch, wicked witch, and he's like, "I'm gonna get you and your little soul too." That's just yeah. I mean, it, this it just becomes silly at this point. Yeah, yeah. Like the first couple movies, like even you know the first three or so, they were kind of silly, goofy at times, but it was still like scary. Yeah, it still had the elements of terror and horror at yeah. its core yeah this is like this movie especially is just turning pure cartoon oh yeah yeah um and i think if i were to see this when it came out i probably would have loved it because yeah, of that I it think, would have been I like an army of when... darkness type of a thing where right it's like oh this Maybe is just that's... goofy fun and i like that you know it's not so scary after all but like in the context of the series it's garbage oh yeah it's not this movie is honestly not scary at all. Yeah, it's exactly what you said. It's more cartoon like. Yeah. I don't know if this was like going towards kids. I don't know. I mean, I'm, it, it would have had to have still been R rated. I but... mean, yeah, but this is the other thing is like the popularity of him was like peak at this point. 
Uh-huh. And, I mean, I remember kids dressed up as him. Oh, yeah. For Halloween. Yeah. And they were like, oh, I'm cool. I'm Freddy, Freddy Krueger. Isn't that so cool? But they're dressing up as someone, like, if you really think about it, they're dressing up as someone that killed kids. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, I mean, most monsters kill kids. I know. They all dress up like monsters. I don't know. I was the guy dressing up like Waldo and stuff like that, and Pee Wee Herman, so that's who I went on. He just I gave never... me this look. <laughs> You're like, ugh. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, oh, okay. I don't know. I'm okay. <laughs> I, I, I can't remember. Those, those I dressed up as costumes, people that I like Waldo and Pee Wee Herman and stuff like, like I liked, I guess. And shit when I was younger. When I was younger, I don't think I had a choice. My mom, like one, I was an angel once. Mm. Like my mom just made me this costume. I didn't choose it. The so one of the costumes that I actually chose that I remember was me dressed up as Janet Jackson during the Rhythm Nation mm. era. Okay. <laughs> I wish I had a picture of that. I can I can't find it. I don't uh, know. It's gone forever. But I All right, well let's go back. I don't know. Anyway. I don't want I don't want to talk about me dressed up as Janet. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, this guy he's he's falling a lot and he he falls out of Springwood, Ohio and he hits his head on a rock and so he no longer remembers who he is. Um but he has this article in his hand about a missing Kruger girl that they're trying to find. And um, he finds his way. He gets picked up by the police and taken to this shelter for troubled youth, basically. is what it seems like. Does that sound right? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it has, like, a couple yeah. psychiatrists. So it's basically, like, again, the third movie. Third one. Right. Yeah. Um, with, like, our cat where she's taken to... Yeah, taken to this home with other kids who are all having the same dream and none of the adults believe her. This is a little bit different in that one of the therapists is having the same dreams, but none of the kids are. And there's fewer kids there yes. this time. Now it's just like a, three kids and then two therapists and then John Doe is the fourth. So yeah, it's like repeating history again. Um so we have Maggie, who's the lead therapist. She's played by Lisa Zane, uh, who's the older sister of Billy Zane. Yeah. Uh, and then we also have Doc, who's played by Yafet Koto. Um, and he knows how to control his dreams. And he, you know, knows that something weird can happen or whatever. He knows about the dream demons and stuff. So he's like the, he's kind of the voice of reason. Mm-hmm. Um Maggie is still skeptical and thinks that she needs to take him back to Springwood, Ohio to unlock his memories to um, cure this amnesia. Yeah. Because all John Doe knows is that he has to stay awake or else he will be controlled or tormented by Freddy Krueger. Yeah. And he doesn't know anything else other than he needs to stay awake and that he is the last surviving teenager of his hometown. That's Mm -hmm. all he knows. And so, they go back to Springwood. Yes. But the three teens who are also in the shelter are stowing away in the van because they had some side plot of escaping the home, uh, the shelter area, to run away on their own and make it big. In in, L.A. In L.A. And so they were going to be, you know, take that van, and they were hiding out and... Yeah. So they're along for the ride. Right. Yeah. And then we can say that one of the teens is Breckenmeyer. Yeah. Breckenmeyer, uh, in his first feature role, I believe. 
Yeah, if, if this I, is if right I found before that correctly. Clueless. Um, and then um, Leslie Dean and uh, Ricky Dean Logan are the other ones. Tracy and Carlos and Spencer are their names. So you got Tracy is Leslie Dean. Ricky D. Lo- Dean Logan is Carlos, who has a hearing aid, which we'll definitely be covering in a bit. <laughs> and then uh, Spencer is just a stoner. Yeah, so Brick and Meyer was just getting typecasted Prep- from yeah, the get-go. Prepping for his clueless role, road trip, right. <laughs> whatever else. Well, road trip, not really. He wasn't so much a stoner in that. I don't remember too much. Can't hardly wait with Garfield. Jo- John Arbuckle, was he a stoner? Oh, God. I don't know. <laughs> So these three teens are, are stowed away in the van. They go to Springwood, Ohio. Turns about turns out to be a terrible mistake because that was Freddie's plan all along, is to, you know, bring people into Springwood so that he could escape and go to a new town and start the cycle of violence all over again. Mm-hmm. Evidently, dreams can't cross city lines. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like the children that. of that city only. Yeah have the same dreams like a gps type of i don't know who knows like that town was the only town that had this epidemic i I don't know what and and no one like investigated it or anything it's just i don't know 10 years the whole population is getting decimated yeah no one wanted to investigate this at all they're just like this town has an abnormal amount of people dying and now it's yep. like a desolate town yep 10 years from now <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so anyway the the logic of the movie doesn't work but who cares it's a horror movie right just like yeah i think this was just meant to be like for fun for yeah it's just the a audience. loose very very loose plot but they get to town and they're kind of trapped in the town um but first um <laughs> when they get there they see that there's like a fair going on there's like a carnival going yeah, that on it was really weird because i mean three people live in this town so why yeah. do they even have this fair uh, uh, i think just to have a fun shot of like this old man alone in the bumper car that's <laughs> 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 like the best that was like the best joke of the movie is like <laughs> right this old man, like, just spinning in a spinning circle, on, a, in a circle on his own bumper car <laughs> Um, it's you. <laughs> uh, but they also got to wedge in cameos from Tom and Roseanne Arnold, yep, who were playing everywhere. like a couple adults um, who were left over in the town who wanted to take the kids home with them because they miss having kids in the town. Um, by the way, this is the first feature film appearance of Tom Arnold. He had oh, been in okay. Roseanne, the TV show, and everything, and done stand up or whatever, but this is his first feature film. Roseanne had done She Devil and Look Who's Talking 2 before this yes so she was well established in the industry of course also by her tv show also just side note that i want to quickly pass over 1991 also marked the second tv comedy special for roseanne uh which was called roseanne bar live from trump castle so moving on um well do you want to did you see how they were credited do you want to talk about uh i don't remember it was just like like old man and woman at fair or something like that wasn't it so like at the end credits tom arnold arnold is credited as you know he's just known as the childless man but he's credited as mr tom arnold and then roseanne barr has a name her name is ethel Mm. but she's credited as mrs tom arnold oh okay that's what you meant 
the at the end credits. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was saying. Yeah. So it didn't even say Roseanne Barr as Ethel. It was Mrs. Tom Arnold. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff at the, around that time of like them and their romance and how like super into each yeah, other they were, they were and like and, that was the focus of almost every conversation that they had right. on TV appearances and they would do yeah they were all together and stuff into each other at yeah the, at this time and then they were not. <laughs> they were and then they weren't and then they and then at some point they were not so yeah they're in this town they see the fair just for creep factor i guess and they have that little cameo and then um the three teens are told to go back to town and then they're you know maggie and john are gonna go work on his memories somehow they're gonna try to find the location in the picture of the article that he brought with him the three teens get lost because Freddy won't let them leave. Even though they're not asleep, he has manipulated the town enough that they keep going around in circles and they get lost until they, <laughs> yeah. until they have they, to... They, they go around like three blocks and yeah. they're lost. Okay, here, here's the other part of it that I found really stupid. In the back, Carlos... Well, I guess Carlos fell asleep in in the yeah but that shouldn't affect them getting lost it shouldn't affect all three of them being able to escape or not anyway carlos is in the back leslie uh dean tracy tracy is the character name um she asks for help with the map and then there's this super scary part of the movie where the map just keeps on getting bigger and bigger and Mm -hmm. bigger he's unfolding the map but there's more to unfold and then he unfolds that, and there's still more. Like, it was this long sequence of him, like, unfolding this map that I guess is, like, is that supposed to be scary? That he's, like, surrounded by so much paper? And then at the end, it just That's... says, you're fucked. At yeah. the end. Like, so it's, like, it's, it's, it's a punchline like, at the end. I was wondering end, but... if it was calling back to... Like, he's not in danger. So the, it's like fifth, this... the last movie with Dream Child, where it was, you know the friend that went into the comic book i don't know that's i don't what... know i think that's i think that's giving them too much credit that that's was a cool was sequence though in the fifth one that you yeah know, like, but again derivative book. of take on me so right another, yeah I mean, another stealing ideas for there's a lot i think that they just i mean i think what they just want the viewer i think the viewers are like oh this is take on me how cool yeah i, don't know. I mean this is just very pop culture yeah they just weren't time. trying to be like calling enough. in on like what whatever was popular at that mm-hmm. time yeah they gave up on having their own identity okay yeah <laughs> but anyway um so yeah the map says you're fucked <laughs> and, and i guess um so, so they, scary yeah so scary but they give up and they go to abandoned house to rest and guess which house they're in the original house yeah. <laughs> this is an abandoned town there's like probably thousands of home homes mm-hmm. to go into freddie guided them i know you know he has control of that town evidently even while people are awake at this point but he can't leave unless he's in somebody i guess but he was in somebody they're in the house carlos falls asleep and that's when he falls asleep again (laughs) yeah he falls asleep again he fell asleep in the van and he was safe except for the map that dangerous map and then um he falls asleep in the bed and uh that's when 
his one characteristic becomes the exploit, just like in every other Elm Street movie where a character has like one thing that identifies them. Yeah. And then that's how they're going to die. So he has this hearing aid that they establish early on where if he takes it out, he can't hear anything mm-hmm. out of either ear, evidently. Um, so um, in his dream, he meets his mother who needs to clean his ears. His ears are filthy or something. So he takes this, takes the this enti- Q-tip. gigantic Q-tip through his brain. And he goes <laughs> in one side and out the other and pops out the, uh, pops out the hearing aid. So it's an okay effect. Not, not a super cool one. Um, but then at, at that point, all we can hear is what Carlos is hearing is like basically mostly silence just like breathing and like the the thump of a heartbeat see okay I thought this was it was I thought it was cool that -hmm. they did the whole silence you know it's him breathing him falling down it's like yeah that has the potential to be scary yeah but then you have Freddy Krueger right behind him him. taunting him like giving him the type of faces and stuff like that and just makes it a huge stupid joke again I hated that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it it, it started off kind of cool, and then it didn't. Yeah. And go then, the way it should have. It should have been scarier, and it wasn't. I mean, this entire movie was just meant to be, like, childlike in a way. It was. It, it had potential, but it just didn't live up to that at all. So, Freddy gives him the hearing aid back, but it's a parasitic thing, which, like, latches onto his ear and, like, pulses his whatever it's like it makes his like head expand and stuff yeah yeah. you know so that's a really cool effect that's probably the best effect in the movie Mm -hmm. is is what they did with like the prosthetics and whatnot for the ear thing but then they go back and do like a not so timely pin drop joke like back then do you remember the phone commercials where it was like you can hear a pin drop yeah i think it was like sprint yeah they're just recalling yeah anything it's just like a pop culture reference that doesn't hold up but yeah, he's like going to do a pin drop, and the pin drop is everything is hyper hearing now with this this parasitic yeah. ear thing. So like, the water's dripping and it's like destroying Bombs his are, brain. Yeah, yeah, like being dropped in his brain. Yeah. And so he's scared of this pin drop because it's going to make such a loud noise that he doesn't want it to happen. So he rushes in and catches it, and then Freddy drops a bunch of pins all at once, and it's a terrible, terrible. Uh, yeah, kind of noise a dumb and it way makes his death. Head explode. Yeah, <laughs> the, kind of a dumb death. Kind of a dumb. <laughs> well, death. they're all all the deaths in it's here. It's interesting kinda... that his head explodes, but <laughs> and then Freddy Krueger gives a stupid one-liner. Nice hearing from you, Carlos. Yeah, that always has to always. say some sort of pun. But he didn't in the first couple. I think he started to, and then, you know, since these yeah, movies became so popular, it was like, oh, this is his shtick now, is yeah. to come up with a pun, or these dad jokes, sort yeah. of. I hate it. I don't like it at all. The other kid, Spencer, he's next up. He's falling asleep on the couch, watching TV that doesn't yeah, work. He also got high beforehand. Yeah, he also got high, because that's his characteristic. Um... And so he's watching this TV that in reality is completely broken. It has like, you know, a hole in it. Um, I think maybe... No, it's not the same one that the, the girl was sucked into before. No, because that, that was the third location. one in the hospital. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, broken TV. It but would he be can funny if they did do that and her body was still there, like just yeah. hanging from. But that would have been like 10, 15 years. She would have been like a skeleton. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. should do stuff like like bring like back the old deaths and see they all should, the. They should hire that you were. as a consultant. I was 11 at that point. <laughs> it doesn't I matter. You had better I, ideas. I, I, well, at that time, now they should have been like, hey, bring back all yeah. these like old deaths. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's watching TV. Um, and then we get our next cameo in the form of Johnny Depp, who was in the first movie. Um, yes. And also But in it's the not. Movie. I think it was Johnny Depp as Johnny Depp. Because it was like, this is your brain on drugs. Uh, he was doing he was doing a fake commercial. Yeah, he was doing a parody of another you know PSA at the time of this is your brain on drugs. Any questions? Um, and then like Freddie hits him with the frying pan. I don't know because he's okay. Um, he is credited in the credits, not as Johnny Depp, mm. but as Oprah Noodle Mantra. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why or where that comes from. Is that just like a? inside joke i guess i don't know i don't care i know <laughs> but you may know johnny depp from the movie tusk um oh god <laughs> <laughs> so and nothing else uh, right. I, know, I got sick of johnny depp a long time ago even before like recent stuff like just i got sick of his crap around like the first pirates of the caribbean i'm just like, i'm out yeah things went yeah things went down but i did read rachel talale mm-hmm she knew Johnny Depp from she was producing Crybaby mm, before this, that makes sense. which was like a year. Yeah, 1990. 1990. Mm-hmm. And actually, a lot of people, a lot of production and the team and the crew that worked on Crybaby worked on this movie. Yeah. As well. But I guess Johnny Depp did this as like a favor to Rachel Talale hmm, to okay. be like this cameo part so he didn't even do it just to be like as a bring as a callback to right. his first role he did it as a favor to as her a thank you that's yeah. interesting yeah it, they're both new line movies like yeah. all, almost all of john waters movies or maybe all of them uh, but after a certain point are new cry baby is better than this oh yeah 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 <laughs> definitely like yeah johnny Depp movies were still worth watching around the cry baby era um and man, I wish we had a John Waters 1991 movie, but we don't. I know. That sucks. So. Oh, well. Um, so Spencer Breckenmeyer, uh, he's tripping out. They play Iron Butterflies in the Gata de Vida, and he gets sucked into the TV <laughs> through like this cartoon sort of semi-sequence, and then it turns into like this really bad like parody of a video game. And Freddy Krueger says great graphics, but no, it's not. They're really, really nah, terrible. I mean, and it's just like yeah. this really okay. Everything about this movie—it's a short ass movie, but everything in this movie is so drawn out more than it needs to be. Yeah, that death. I was like, okay, he gets sucked into TV where he's it's all psychedelics, and, and, and then all of a sudden whatever. that video game thing. That scene was like it seemed like a half hour long to me yeah like that was a third of the movie was his death because freddie's controlling him yes yeah. he, he has the controller and he makes a power glove joke and everything and then in the real world all of the people who are still alive are seeing breck and myers spencer 
bouncing up and down and whatever in like the stop motion animation thing so he's like rigid and stiff but he's like bouncing doing like the mario jumps and Mm -hmm. whatever in real life and it just keeps happening he's like punching the walls and everything but it just takes forever to get to the point where he's actually killed and the effect for that one is just like his stomach going in and out yeah as he's being punched he's being like pummeled yeah and then like the other good, thing, there's no payoff. It's, yeah, the other thing with this movie, it's like all these characters, all the kids that were getting killed mm-hmm. in this movie, it was by, they were all visited by a parent. So Not always in the dream, though, because Spencer got visited by a parent in the shelter, but was he visited in the dream or was yeah it... in the video game pretty oh, much his it dad was it was a video it was a cartoon version of his dad saying be like me be like me and okay. then he had to hit him no i'm not gonna be like you wait but did john doe no i guess i because he's the next to die spoiler <laughs> but I'm just saying, like the three, like uh, well, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Leslie, uh, Leslie, Leslie is Dean's character Tracy, I but she didn't die. She didn't die, but she did get visited by a parent in her dream. Yeah. Yes. So all of the three original kids in that, and you can say Maggie shelter. as well, of course. Right. Yeah. So they're all visited by a parent, including Maggie. Yes. Yeah. Except for John Doe. I, I guess John Doe. Yeah don't know if they were trying to do that on purpose or <laughs> yeah i don't know so yeah spencer's dead carlos is dead oh well then we also have to talk about the power glove that freddie uses go for it <laughs> so nintendo did not give permission for them to use this mock of the power glove yeah but it didn't look like the power glove. But it's be alluding because he's got like buttons on. Yeah, yeah. He said the word power glove. I've got my power glove or whatever. And they're also saying now I'm playing with power, which was their slogan. Mm-hmm. Is now you're playing with power. So I don't. I don't remember. Did anything come of that? I think it's probably just fair use. Like it's fair use and parody. I don't think they have any. Actual I don't think. That, yeah, I don't think anything come of it. It's just that they weren't given. Yeah, they weren't given permission, permission. but, but the they didn't use real New Line products. Cinema was like, I don't care, they can do whatever, yeah. I'm going to use it anyway. But New Line should not have been very careful because they were But Nintendo <laughs> never sued them. trouble on multiple yeah. occasions. Yeah. yeah, Nintendo never sued them. It was just like, you yeah, never asked They're not asked happy, us, this but... is not sanctioned. Yeah. We learned that Maggie is Freddy's daughter. Yes. All right. Some bullshit plot she happens, ha- and, and she has Maggie is Freddy's daughter. John Doe thought he was Freddy's son. Yeah. Because they knew that he was trying to get into something through the through the child, and he thought he was being kept alive because, because he was Freddy's son. Yeah. And then when John Doe is dreaming, he's like, I know why you've kept me alive for so long. Yeah. And Freddy's like, oh, you think... I'm your father. Yeah, you nope. Think I'm your daddy. No. Nope. I mean, that could have been like a possible parent meeting because John Doe probably thought that Freddy Krueger was his dad. I guess, but he's not. I know. Maybe the dad was on that plane somewhere. Who knows? But yeah, John Doe keeps re re waking up in the same house 
and he has to escape the house in various different ways like it's on fire or it's like falling from the sky or whatever and like i don't understand the purpose of that recurring dream but at some point he's falling from the sky again he's in a parachute and that's when freddy cuts the cords I guess this and he is the falls recall to, to that first time we saw him yeah. dreaming but whatever i don't know again it wasn't very creative he just cuts the cuts the parachute off of him yeah mm, whatever but yeah no freddy's like no i'm not your dad i just needed you to move to another town basically to get to my daughter to get to my daughter so i can move to another town which is so why couldn't freddy do that i'm beyond confused who knows i mean they're blood right you think they'd have like an intimate connection and be able to, and she can get into the and she's been dreaming baby. about being yeah. the daughter and like seeing the dead like so she's she's kind of in that dream world already yeah I don't, whatever the plot doesn't make sense <laughs> we're not gonna try and make f- any no. sense of it <laughs> now it becomes like a maggie vehicle with tracy um they make it back to town whatever i don't know what the new town's name is yeah and the other thing wasn't it like um their town is two miles away yeah it's like two or three miles away which is so funny yeah. i don't know it's like two three miles is what 10 15 minutes i mean drive depending on how many stop signs you got and I stoplights <laughs> i guess sure but the, it's just literally the next town over mm-hmm. and I, I'm still confused why it just didn't, you know, bleed on over. Yeah. I, I don't know. With the killings, but who knows? Freddy respects borders. Like, is, is it... <laughs> now I'm thinking, like, you know how... I mean, this could be, like, Buffy, where, like, that's the Hellmouth. I guess. They don't... I don't know. I... There's so much that's just not... I know. <laughs> We're trying to make sense <laughs> of it, and it's never gonna this make sense. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> They're back at the clinic or whatever and nobody remembers john doe or spencer or carlos at the shelter mm-hmm. except for doc yes and maggie and tracy who were there at the time the rest of the people are like we never had anybody like that like none of these people existed mm-hmm. because freddie had somehow been able to manipulate their, their minds, minds of the people yeah. a town away again somehow right um so i don't get that but doc remembers and doc understands and doc is going to help um by controlling maggie's dreams and getting freddie into the real world because they sort of bring back that principle from the first movie where if you're holding on to him in the dream when you wake up he is going to be there alive when you wake up Mm -hmm. because doc had grabbed part of his sweater woke up and the part of the sweater was still in his hands when he woke up so that's the plan is to put maggie to sleep and then bring freddie into the real world and then kill him that way yeah so that whole scene was kind of dumb but uh um which part the part when they or she finally kept when they bring him into the real world. When they bring him into the real world. Yeah. I mean the dream was really forgettable too. Yeah. That's what I have I don't know. I have so much there's so little creativity in these movies. I don't know, like 
I want the dream world. I want like the the manipulation of like time and space and and like give me angles, give me you know unique set dressings. Don't give me just stupid pipes and hallways. Yeah. Like I don't know. In the third one, they have that sequence where they're like jumping in and out of mirrors. Like that's cool as hell. Like yeah. do stuff like that. What they did instead to try to make this cool is they turned the sequence into three D, which we did not get to see. And right. we, did, we weren't even fully sure because Doc has these three glasses and he's like, put these, these on. <laughs> yeah, put these on because whatever you see in your, you know, like these can be whatever you want in your dream. And like Maggie isn't actually wearing them in any of the dream sequences at all. No. It's... And, and like, I, so I was confused by that. Um, she puts them on before she goes to sleep. I guess. But like, she doesn't even, does she? I don't I remember thought... seeing that. <laughs> Here's what I did. I, I I found something in this. Okay. It's from IMDb, so it may not be fully true. But apparently there are multiple versions of this movie. The theatrical cut of this movie was longer at 100 minutes. Okay. And then after it left theaters, New Line made all home video, future releases, TV, whatever, 88 minutes. Hmm. And they removed a lot of character intros, like Maggie's adopted mother appeared before she did in the mm. final film and stuff like that um and they also eliminated a shot where maggie looks directly into the camera holding the glasses and says now which is supposed to cue the start for of the, the 3D whole sequence for the people yeah who the are whole in the audience to put on their 3d glasses yeah so that was never restored evidently so there was a cut you know there was a, a part where you know she cues the audience like now do the 3d glasses um, and then there's a part, there's like some line inside the movie where it's supposed to be the cue to take the glasses off. Um, I think Doc is like, you don't like need to use anymore end, or something like that. And then they show her taking it off. Yeah. At the end, when she finally gets Freddy into the real world. But then she's... No, it after can't be, because you she definitely need the 3D glasses after he's dead. Or yeah. while he's dying. Yeah. Because that goes right it's, to the I think it's at the very end, after she kills him. Yeah, they and say then, something like "you don't need these anymore" or something yeah. like that. Because so. she sits down and she t- she you see her taking them off and they kind of like disappear in her hands as she's taking them off. That's right. Yeah, that's right. They like dissolve or something. Yeah. Um, the other cool thing about the 3D glasses, though, is that uh, they had an ad for House Party Two on the side. Ah. Which is another New Line movie from 1991. So coming soon on the podcast, maybe at some point. At some point. I kind of want the. I want like a. You want those glasses? Yeah, I want those glasses. If we, if you were not scared, <laughs> I, know. I I know I did not see this in the theater. I think I I saw this later on when I was like an older teen. Mm. Well, you saw the shortened version. I can't yeah, imagine. I, sitting I think through, maybe like, because it was on a random channel during Halloween. And can I was imagine like, like sitting through another twelve minutes of this movie. It probably it was if it was all like three D stuff coming at you. I mean, no, during it wasn't. Oh, okay, then forget it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. As, as far as like, I could tell, building like, it's a just character. that one shot that was on death stuff. Well, unless like... it showed like more backstory on these people's history. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it would have, but would that would it have helped? I don't know. Or would have you? I think they probably made the right decision because. Don't you just want to get to the horror stuff? Don't you just want to, like, keep the pacing going of, 
all right, here's a tiny bit of plot, now kill somebody. Yeah. A little bit of plot, now kill somebody. So, like, having another 12 minutes of garbage time in between that, because, again, this movie moves super slow. Even when Freddy's on screen, he delivers his lines very slowly and deliberately, and, like, he's taking his time with Carlos and Spencer, and it's like, everything's drawn out. I, I just can't imagine another 12 minutes of that crap. Um, this movie's bad. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, yeah, the, honestly, the dream sequence where Maggie's in the dream is completely forgettable to me. Um, Tracy's dream with the father was another cool effect, um, although kind of more subtle, where her abusive father, her lecherous <laughs> father... Um, transforms into freddy mostly off camera um but yeah that was an interesting she i mean in the beginning of the movie she's like taking like kickboxing type lessons with doc so she was able to kick her father's ass by using these moves right yeah because he was somebody who needed to be you know fought off and so that was why she had that she had that ability, and then, you know, she woke up from her dream by, like, burning herself in the dream mm-hmm. to wake herself up. Mm-hmm. And then, like, she kicked her father's ass and, like, and burned, burned herself, herself to wake after, up. After he had turned into Freddy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so she she stays alive throughout the movie. Um, and then... I guess there was some cool stuff where, like, when they go in the dream world, they're showing how Maggie's, like, trying to navigate the brain. Mm. And so, like, they're, like, swooshing, you know, it's like, pre-fight I mean, that's club. The, that's where they're, the like, they're going thing. in between the brain and, like, going through the wires and, like, they're going around corners and, like, the doors of the brain get shut off and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, like, that was okay, I guess. But then they also had this stuff, like, the dream demons, which are basically just, like, wiggly worms with faces. I don't know anything like I don't under, I still don't fully understand it. I don't understand the dream demons either. And I was like is this like a Stephen King type of thing, you know, how I don't know. A lot of his books kind of had like demons and I think the only thing I know is that This is like the first time they bring up these dream demons all of a sudden like yeah. the, like when Freddy grows up he makes a deal with these demons yes and that gives him the power so basically like they're just finding a way to explain away how he was able to infiltrate team dreams it's through these dream demons it's through these three (laughs) things that look like you know if you ever played like the Sega Dreamcast Seaman it's like that but it's like more demonic faces or something um, it's yeah it's like sperm with like skull heads on the top (laughs) yeah or like skeleton fish almost yeah. So, it's just three of those little wiggly fucks inside giving him the power. Yeah. But they don't give him the power to leave Springwood, Ohio. So, that's that's a weird. That that's a weird territory came, for dream demons to be. It just came out of nowhere, and it was like, oh <laughs> yeah, I made this deal when I was younger. Freddy's in the real world. Right, they they find him and like Maggie's like grabbing him and whatever. That whole scene with him, yeah, grabbing him from behind, and he can't escape somehow, even though he has all this power inside. He has a like a hand. He has that glove to like he could kill her if he wanted to by reaching around. Or I mean, he's been stronger with other teens in the past movies. Like how come all of a sudden he can change his shape and size at will? 
Yeah. But he can't escape a bear hug from behind. Freddy's in the real world now. They're in the basement of this shelter, which has a whole bunch of confiscated weapons that the police were supposed to come and pick up, but they never can pick up because the police are incompetent in these movies. All right. So they have like pipe bombs and ninja stars and nunchucks or whatever the hell else. They have a mace that they, you know, show to camera um, in 3D. And so Freddy is in the whatever and then like Maggie throws like axes and ninja stars and everything to pin him to the wall, Mm -hmm. basically. Um, And then ends up having a little bit of dialogue and then... uh, his glove falls off. His glove falls off. They fight for up. the glove, and he gets killed through his own glove. So well, I mean, justice. that whole scene. She picks it up, and he's like, oh, doesn't it feel good to have yeah. that on your hand? He was like, trying to convince wanna... her to come to the dark side. And yeah. Like, yeah. Which, whatever. I mean, that's fine. That, that is, I understand that aspect of it. Just... It went on too long again. Yeah. <laughs> it was like maybe, you know, they could have cut out half the lines and it would have gotten the same effect in terms of trying to convince the daughter to not kill him and, and join forces. Right. Um, but but yeah, this she, is the last movie, so there there can't yes, be this extra. this is the final nightmare. <laughs> yeah. This is the final one. <laughs> um, yes. So. <laughs> so if she did put that glove on to join his side, what if... You know, what if the movie just ended like, okay, so I'm the bad girl now. Right. Kind of like how Candyman is, where she, the woman, becomes the Candyman. They could have, <clears throat> but they didn't. I know. Yeah. Um, instead, she stabs him with his own glove, and then they stick a pipe bomb in his chest. Mm-hmm. And then, and then he's Doc dies. is able to rip a whole door off of his hinges to let her escape in time. <laughs> um, and then he dies by blowing up. But right before he blows up, he says, Kids, what are you going to do? Kids. No, but that whole 3D, like his face like coming at you yeah. like 50 times. That was cool. I like <laughs> that, though. <laughs> if we had 3D glasses on, it was like, oh, yeah. coming at you a bunch of ways. I just hated like the... Uh, like the shrugging, like kids. kids am I right? What, yeah. Like, it was, what are you it was that do? type of delivery for kids? Like, I don't know. Kids. It's like and to make it's... people laugh. If we saw this in the theaters now it, with 3D, I think I would enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would have enjoyed like a, it with the crowd. With a crowd, and if it's like a midnight showing and we had 3D glasses and watching this now, I would be but, like laughing and. So oh, yeah. His whatever. head flies at the camera, and it opens up to reveal another Freddy head that explodes and then the worm thingies escape. Come out. Yeah, and they're like, whatever. oh, shit, what do we do now? Yeah, type like of thing. Like, go to someone else's body? Like, what? I guess. I mean, they. I don't think they blew up. I think they're still... They're still alive, but where, still where alive. do they go? Who knows? <laughs> we'll find out in New Nightmare, maybe. I don't know. Um, People who've seen New Nightmare probably, you know, yelling at us. Isn't... I, I thought I New Nightmare was the one. I thought this was the one where they're they're making the movie, right? It, like it's, it's very about meta. The movie. Yeah. yeah. I thought that's what this one was going to be. Oh, okay. but evidently that's New Nightmare. Yeah, I'll I'll watch New Nightmare if we I'm curious if about it's it. anywhere available because I'm now. Yeah, I'm curious. Um, 
but then because the I mean it is d- redirected by Res- Wes, Wes Craven. Craven. Yeah. So yeah. we will yeah, have a I'll... Wes Craven movie on the podcast at some point because he did People Under the Stairs. Okay. In '91. Then the credits roll, and while the credits are rolling along the side, they show all of the past deaths. That was cool. To remind you of all of the creative ass stuff. That hey, they remember used to these do. cool things? Yes. <laughs> remember <laughs> so, the good movies? Yeah. And even the not so good movies that still had cooler effects than this yeah, garbage. Like better deaths. So yeah, it was just like reminding you of like these were the good times. Sorry for this shit. Um but then you also get an, <laughs> <laughs> and then you also get an Iggy Pop song playing. Yeah, the soundtrack for this movie was interesting because it had a lot of Goo Goo Dolls on it. It did have Goo Goo Dolls. I was like, is this how Goo Goo Dolls got their uh, fame? Like, It was not being it was on not the soundtrack. It was not super poppy Goo Goo Dolls. No. Because I do not like the poppy Goo Goo Dolls of like the mid-90s. I, I don't I mind really them. I really don't like you know the City of Angels era, uh, whatever. I don't mind it, but... I mean, um, these songs were just, like, kind of basic, grungy-type songs yeah. that they did. But, yeah, yeah, almost every other song on this soundtrack was a Goo Goo Dolls song, which I thought was funny and interesting. But, yeah, you have, like, Iggy Pop. I, I wish they would have gone back to the rap stuff. And like then that. you have the Chub... There was Chub Rock. But, yeah, Chub Rock, I mean, that wasn't the song made for the movie. They just no, no. That yeah, in. you know, like, Nightmare on My Street. Like all those songs. Right. We'll but talk about like, Nightmare on My Street. Okay, all right. <laughs> I'll talk about okay. that later. Okay. <laughs> um, but no, like in in movie four, they had the Fat Boys. Right. The yeah. Before. Song. Yeah. It was. And then just... they had Cool Mo D in number five, and now they go to Iggy Pop with a really bad song, of like Why Was I Born, and he's like Why 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 That's why, just why? Iggy Pop. I don't know. I don't know. It was. Uh, yeah. Why Was I Born? And then Freddie's dead. And then Freddie's dead was the subtitle so it was made for this movie and then they had a bouncier junk monkey song for the rest of the credits after they got rid of the uh after they um showed all the the deaths and then they give a little I r.i.p they show, message I mean, at the end oh, of yeah. like freddy like 1984 to 1991 or whatever they showed like an r.i.p message they should have showed some bloops they should have shown some bloops i mean they definitely turned this, this into movie. a stupid acme Looney Tunes cartoon. Like some bloopers for how Breck and Meyer, like that whole scene was filmed. Yeah. Show, so, show some behind the scenes. Show some, yeah. I know there's a documentary, comedy. which I have not seen either about, right. you know, this whole franchise. I think it's super long. I think because it covers, you know, the six or seven movies. I'll watch that because like I'm curious. Three or four hours long or something like that. That's it's, another it's thing massive. I have not seen. Like this was the last movie I it's saw part of the, the franchise. It's part of the box set DVD. So, okay. Um, I don't know if it's available separately ever, but anyway, yeah, straight up Acme bullshit. It wasn't, I mean, it was meant to be fun, but again, because of the context of the series, it just felt like a de-evolution mm-hmm. to me, and it just wasn't. It wasn't enjoyable because it wasn't the elm street movies that i wanted um again if i would have you know taken it alone if this would have been my first elm street movie i probably would have really liked it and then also appreciated the nightmare on elm streets previously for being darker in tone and like Mm -hmm. more creative and serious so i think you know the fact that i watched this sixth is probably what really hurts it 
Should we talk about cast stuff yeah. real quick before moving on to other stuff here? Um, so Rachel Talalay directed this. This is her directorial debut. She also directed Tank Girl. Yeah. Um, and then also mostly has done TV since then. She's done, you know, most recently, like stuff like Riverdale, Flash, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Sherlock, Doctor Who. Um, she got her start in New Line working as a... Um, like a production manager. So she's been involved in all six Elm Street movies in mm-hmm. one way or another. She was the production manager for one and two. Then she moved up to line producer for three, straight up producer for number four. Um, so she's been involved in like everything. And she also did work, like you said, with John Waters for Hairspray and Cry Baby and, and other earlier John Waters movies. She got her start in the entertainment industry by meeting him mm. um, at some point in, in her history. Um, Michael DeLuca, who wrote this, is actually most known as being a producer as well. And he has three Oscar nominations um, for producing, which is actually what the Best Picture nominee is. That actually goes to the producers. Mm -hmm. So uh, Captain Phillips, Moneyball, and Social Network were all his. And he's done a ton of stuff. Way too many lists. Where was his writing for this movie? What do you mean? Well, I mean, he did, like, Moneyball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, well, producers, they don't write the scripts. They, I you get know, it. They help guide and, and, and shape them, but they don't actually, you know, write the words. So I think maybe he took this experience and realized, I'm not going to do this full time. I'm going to focus more on the behind the scenes, mm-hmm. like, let's get this production going thing. Um, but he'd also been an executive producer for this movie. Uh, as well as writing it. Uh, he was a consultant for the Freddy's Nightmares TV series and wrote a couple of those scripts as well. So I didn't realize that the Freddy's... I guess it makes sense that the the Freddy Krueger Nightmares TV series happened alongside, you know, like... These movies? Yeah, yeah. like around three or four, I think, like 1988 or so is when that started, I think. Um... And then it looks like In the Mouth of Madness is the only other feature that Michael DeLuca wrote or is credited as screenplay writer. So I've never seen that one. Robert England, everyone knows him. Yeah. He's, he's, he's you know, he's Freddy Krueger. He's, he's the, you know, he's also a big time character actor and a bunch of stuff. But what I really wanted to mention was that he also directed the original 976 Evil, mm-hmm. which uh, starred Leslie Dean, who played Tracy. So that was her film debut, and so she was directed by Robert England previously to this. Um, and the sequel to that movie is not his, but we will watch it at some point because it is from 1991. Also, Robert England is credited as being uh, one of the vocalists in The Lion King, Can You Feel the Love Tonight? I don't know how true that is. I was huh. trying to look up more re- information, but like he's like, Does he like do one the, of the backup the back vocalists. The, he's like one the of the chanting? backing vocalists. I don't know. He's, he's credited it that way, though. So I don't know how true that is. So, but that's that is just a weird oddball credit that I would not have expected to see. Freddy Krueger in The Lion King <laughs> in some way. Um, uh, Lisa Zane, we already talked about a little bit. She had done uh, Bad Influence prior to this, which starred Rob Lowe and, and James Spader. She's also in two other 1991 movies, so we'll see her again in The Passion of Martin and also Femme Fatale. But she has not done a ton of stuff that I found that I was familiar with, so I apologize if, if 
I'm missing something there. Uh, we didn't even mention John Doe by name in terms of like his actual name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Greenblatt is his name. Uh, he did not do a whole lot of acting either. He was in Chopper Chicks in Zombie Town. He was in Newsies. And oh, okay. Probably uh, what's most interesting about his story is that his daughter is becoming much more famous than he is at this point. Uh, she is probably most known right now for playing a young Gamora in Avengers Infinity War. Okay. But she's doing a ton of stuff for like these like teeny focused Netflix series and stuff like that. So his daughter is very involved in the industry and, and doing well for herself. Um, Leslie Dean, who played Tracy, uh, she was in a few things like Girlfriend from Hell, To Protect and Serve, and Plump Fiction. <laughs> I forgot that movie existed until I saw that credit list. Um, she was a former Dallas Cowboys cheerleader, and she also was the lead singer for two different bands, which I've never heard of. Maybe you have. Uh, Femme to Femme? No. Okay. That was like, I think, mid-90s era. Okay. Um, and then another band, which looks to be a little bit more recent, called Scary Cherry and the Bang Bangs. Okay. Uh, I listened to a little bit of their music. Uh, not for me. Not my thing. <laughs> okay. So. Um, we already talked about Breck and Meyer. Yafet Kodo recently passed away. Probably most known to most people right now as uh, uh, for Homicide and Life on the Streets. He was in 122 episodes of that. Um, he was in Midnight Run, Alien, he was the main bad guy in Live and Let Die, he was in Running Man, he's been in a bunch of different stuff, um, and we'll see him again in the 1991 movie Hangfire. So, I think that's about all that there is to mention, other than, um, I saw that there was some brief mention of Peter Jackson possibly was involved with an early draft of this. Mm-hmm. Um which had Freddy aging and growing weak in the dream world is how it was described in, in the trivia that I found. I guess I'm kind of glad that he wasn't involved. Um, Peter Jackson, I know he's well known for Lord of the Rings, but like, all I keep on focusing on is how he kind of ruined King Kong and missed yeah. the point of that. So it's maybe a good thing that he didn't get involved with this, but... They kind of ruined the intention of Nightmare on Elm Street anyway, so who knows. Although that did make me want to mention something that we didn't really talk about too much, I don't know. Um, with the whole confusion of the timeline, and with how John Doe was thinking he was possibly Freddy's son, right? there is the potential theory that he was the Jacob oh. from Five. Okay. But the timeline just doesn't mm -hmm. work when you say it's ten years from now. You know, he we, like he's, he's clearly like 15, 16 years old, and he was just born at the end of yeah the, the fifth movie. the fifth movie. So he would be a ten year old if if what they say at the beginning is true. I did find something about the original script was gonna be focused on Alice's son from the Dream Child, and then feature the return of the Dream Warriors as Dream Police. Okay. So the script would have started off where it would kill off Alice right away and then it said it would focus on her son and her son at this time is 16 years old which is so it would been a far, it would have been a farther jump in the future than whatever this movie was supposed to be yeah yeah 
Which, it sounds more interesting to me. And then Freddy was attempting to use the sun to gain access to children outside of Springwood. Okay, so pretty similar in terms of... Kinda. So Jacob would, you know, assist him, kind of like in a way how the second movie was. And then Jacob would fight off the dream warriors. Okay. That would be, I don't know. And they would be known as the dream police, because I think all the dream warriors are dead. I mean, they're all dead. Yeah, they're all dead, so... But they do have, you know, they do have their souls wandering around because, you know, Carlos was trying to warn Spencer in in the movie after he had died. But it was, I guess it was nixed because Rachel Talale hated the script. And New Line Cinema, Michael DeLuca, the executive, stepped in to write Freddy's Dead as far more faithful to to, to Talale's original story pitch. Uh, don't like it. <clears throat> I think they made a mistake, possibly. Yeah, I don't, I'm care. That's what I was more curious to see that son come back because they yeah. just built that whole story up in Dream Child. Yeah, yeah, it just went nowhere. So, uh, oh well, oh, uh, no. well, we'll never see it. <laughs> um, on to awards talk. There were a little bit. To mention nothing from the major no M- is there mtv no mtv no movie like awards. he wasn't for best villain or anything Mm-mm. huh he was not um but what we do have is fangoria chainsaw awards okay okay um and this is really weird okay uh it won the award for worst film okay which makes sense but it was nominated for okay best supporting actress for leslie dean but she lost to christina ricci who evidently was eligible for Adam's Family. That's a better choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just weird that Adam's Family was part of the Fangoria Awards, I guess. I don't know. It seemed like it'd be... Anyway, uh, so it won for Worst Film, but it was also nominated for Best Studio slash Big Budget Film. So it, it made won it for a the lot. Worst, but it also was nominated for the Best in the same Because it made show. so much money. I guess. Uh, it lost to Silence of the Lambs for the Best Studio Film. No surprise there. Well, I'm, I'm glad it lost to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the other noteworthy one, we haven't talked too much about the Razzies. I know they have actually come up in some of the past movies. I just ignored them for the most part because we had other stuff to talk about. Um, this one, uh, Iggy Pop was nominated for Worst Original Song for the Why Was I Born. For okay, well, good. Cause but he lost great... to Adam's Groove. Okay, that that song <laughs> is really bad, too. <laughs> for MC Hammer. I would much rather listen to MC Hammer's song than Iggy Pop's song. Me too. <laughs> I could laugh at that one. So The MC Hammer one. Those are the awards. Iggy Pop, that is not a good song. On a true crime of pop culture. I just have some marketing, you know, publicity stunts you that happened around the You didn't premiere. find any uh, proof of real life instances of people being invaded in their dreams and dying no um, <laughs> if i could double check or, if you want me to our entire towns no being eradicated, eradicated by over 10 years dream suicides yeah. no oh, i didn't okay. so no true crime 
I could look it up if you want. <laughs> it's okay. We'll point. issue a correction, I guess. Maybe who knows? Yeah, if if I do find something that's, I I didn't even think about that because I was like, there's no way that. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's a fantasy world. I'm just joking around with you. I know, but what if there was? Who knows? I don't know. But the only thing that I really found was the whole pl- publicity stunt around the premiere of this movie. Mm-hmm. Besides the 10-minute, you know, 3D gimmick, New Line held a funeral for Freddy Krueger at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery that's in L.A. and invited the press to watch as assorted cast members and production people from Freddy's Dead and prior Elm Street films mournfully watched over an empty coffin adorned with flowers and Freddy's hat and shirt. Mm. Which, okay... (laughs) And then the city of L.A. declared September 12th, 1991 as Freddy Krueger Day. Why that day specifically? Just because it was the It was a way of promoting the... I guess a lot of the filming was in L.A., which returned like a lot of economy back to the city. That seems weird. And so, like, as a thank you, (laughs) this is, like, a way of celebrating Nightmare on Elm Street instead of, you know, like, Friday the 13th, it's, like, Nightmare on Elm Street 12th. I mean, okay. (laughs) The Friday the 13th movie, or not Friday the 13th, we don't have any Friday the 13th The Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street movies. The first one really saved New Line's ass, but they're not, like, massive financial hits from there on out. I mean, this, this one, one was, was like, the number thirty-eight movie in the box office yeah. of this year. It had a budget of eleven million, so that's not much going back into the city of L.A. And it made like thirty-five. I don't know. Whatever. That's uh, I don't know. <laughs> they just they they probably paid somebody in the mayor's office or whatever to do a thing and just an honorary it employed a lot of local labor and it brought a lot of money back to the city and you know as a thank you they're like oh we'll say this is freddy krueger day let's celebrate uh a dead child molester yeah killer yeah 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 so So, anyway (laughs) Uh, do you have anything else i have a couple pop culture things actually oh okay this time Okay. So one, uh, there was a comic adaptation of this movie that was made, but uh, it was meant to be a three-issue series. The third issue never came out because the company went bankrupt after the first two. Hmm. <laughs> but the third issue was supposed to have both 3D and non-3D versions of the comic, which would have been cool. Yeah. You know, like to, to represent the dream sequence, they would have had a whole issue of those either 3D or non no one ever got to see it so the first two issues do exist they're out in the wild but the third issue never produced um just in terms of the nightmare on elm street franchise in general there was an nes game Mm -hmm. uh it was released in october of 1989 and the general purpose of the game is that you have to collect the bones of freddy around the town and then put them in the furnace to destroy Hmm. him and so you're walking around in the daytime uh, with you know other various different teenagers that you know can be controlled co-op if you want to, and then there's like a sleep meter, and so when you fall asleep in the world, then 
the environment changes and like more monsters come out and like freddy faced creatures are trying to attack you and stuff like that and it just makes the game harder so did you play it i did not no oh. i was you know i've never played it no i, I know it has a, a following it to some degree it's not meant to be one of the best but it's it's certainly not a terrible terrible game um and then i have to mention fresh prince okay yes. <laughs> dj jazzy jeff and the fresh prince uh, in 1988, on the He's the DJ, I'm the Rapper album, uh, there was the Nightmare on My Street song. Mm-hmm. They tried to get it, or it was considered to be used in Elm Street 4, but New Line decided not to use it Why? at some point. I don't know. In fact, New Line even sued for copyright infringement at one point, but then they settled. Because I mean, did Robert England do the voice he did as freddy yes in that movie okay they also used like the the main theme song you know yeah the, yeah that dun, 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 dun. yeah which yeah. which i was okay i didn't mention this but like in the movie that we just watched yeah that riff doesn't appear until like an hour in right and that was annoying to me <laughs> <laughs> like there was a gender there was a general lack of music and sound effects in the movie and so to have like the main theme not show besides up until, like, Goo Goo Dolls, <laughs> oh, yeah. But like when action was happening on the screen, when the deaths were happening, it was just way too silent. But anyway, uh, it's a really good album. He's the DJ and the rapper. It's the same album as Parents Just Don't Understand, mm-hmm. uh, and also Brand New Funk. Uh, the single Nightmare on My Street uh, was reached fifteen. On the top 100 charts, you got that high, and top nine on R&B and hip hop charts. And oddly enough, there is actually two different versions of this song, just like there's two different versions of the movie. The CD version of the song is shorter than the cassette or vinyl version because at that time they couldn't fit as much data on the CD, so they oh, had to yeah, cut a little yeah. bit off okay. of there. So if you want the full version. I guess YouTube. They couldn't do those <laughs> double-sided CDs. You know how you they had those where you flip it over and then you can play more. But they didn't. Or no double CD. I guess not. But yeah, it, that that's a long album. There's a lot of songs on there, so they they evidently cut out some stuff. So. so they chose that song to to make shorter. To okay. Yeah. So that's my pop culture contribution for this week. For that movie. For this movie. For this movie yeah. and for this week's episode. Yes. I'm done with my pop culture is what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, I know. I'm just saying not for the week that this movie right, was right. released. Yeah, I meant for this week's episode. Okay. The only thing that I found that happened on September 13th, 1991 is a historical event was Joe Carter, the first was the first baseball player with three consecutive 100 RBI seasons with three different teams. Hmm. Did you know this? Uh, no, I didn't know he did it with three consecutive teams like that. It was the Indians, the Padres, and the Blue, Blue Jays. Jays. Would be the last one, yeah. You really good player. He also played for the Cubs at one point. Yeah, earlier in his career, he played for the Cubs. But yeah, underrated player. Uh, had a huge World Series moment in 92, I think it was. So, very famous home run call associated with the Toronto Blue Jays. Okay. 
All right, moving on to the top songs of this week, of the week of September 13th, 1991. Mm -hmm. The top song in the U.S. is Paula Abdul's The Promise of a New Day. Mm, So a different Paula song. On the same album. I would, yeah, imagine. I don't know that. I think it was Spellbound. Song that well... I definitely don't know a video if there is a video. There um, must be a video. Yeah, there is a video. It's kind of a very... It's not eventful like how Rush Rush was. It's kind of like just her dancing and then her kind of laying in a field, sort of, hmm. and singing this song. It's okay. not as eventful as her first... I guess Rush Rush would, would have been that first single of it. We'll have the video on the website. Yeah. And do you want to guess what the top song of the UK was? I mean, my default's probably going to be Brian Adams for pretty much everything this it, year. It is Brian Adams. Okay. Everything I do, I do it for you. Yeah. <laughs> and then the top number one song for RB for R&B singles was Lisa Lisa and the Cult Jam, mm. Let the Beat Hit Him. Okay, I don't know that one. I don't really remember this song because i mean i know lisa lisa and the cult jam from you know more of her 80s songs so when it got more into like the 90s it became a little bit less poppy and more like slower jams in a way it's like dancey okay we'll we'll probably get into like the whole new jack swing this is the beginning of it this is probably trying to start and to get into that Gotcha. Genre. And then moving on, I only I have one video game that was popular during this week that you may have played. Okay. It's on the Game Boy. Mm-hmm. Final Fantasy Legend 3. I don't think I've played the third one. I actually just recently finished playing the first one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not a big RPG guy. I'm learning more as I get older. I hate the random encounters. Um, Three is actually supposed to be one of the toughest ones oh, okay. of, of I don't... the Game Boy series. So. I didn't really... like When it came to Game Boy games, I did not play any RPGs on it. I was more into RPGs that were like on the PlayStation. Hmm. Yeah, I never had a PlayStation either. Like Game Boy was like the console that I had as a kid because mm-hmm. I was allowed to, right? Oh, like, yeah. I was allowed to buy it with my allowance money, whereas like an NES, even if we saved up, we weren't allowed to buy one. So had to go to the neighbors for that. But the Game Boy, we were allowed to. Um, so I, I've been on a quest to beat every Game Boy game on my spare time recently. And so I just recently beat Final Fantasy Legend 1. 3, from what I understand, is... Uh, has like a very very sharp difficulty curve at some point in it so if you're out there listening and you want to try it out feel free to but just realize you may have to grind and level up for a long time before trying to tackle that last boss all right so now we're getting to the tgif tv listings all right so you know how it's always the four (laughs) this time i just every week every time i look up the TGIF lineup, there is, there has been like a change or small, something different. Small variance. This time, it's Family Matters. There was a TGIF comedy special after this. There was, okay. 
and then it was Perfect Strangers, and then there was a repeat of Growing Pains after that. Huh. So I tried to look up what this comedy special was about, and I couldn't really find much. It was just all the all I could find, which was on IMDb, was the actress that's in Perfect Strangers, Melanie Wilson. I think she's like the girlfriend of... Balky's girlfriend? I think Balky's. Okay. Or Larry's, I guess. I would have to look her up. Her name is Melanie Wilson. Okay. She was the host of this half-hour show, and all she did was ask trivia questions. Hmm. So, I don't know why they called this a comedy special. Unless it was, you know, people from these TGIF, the casts from these random shows. Yeah, maybe she was doing like a brief game show with the other cast. And it was kind of like a funny thing. I don't know. That's all I can find. If anyone out there knows, let us know. Yeah. I thought that was interesting that they did a little special in between two shows, between Family Matters and Perfect Strangers. I don't know if it was like something that led up into Perfect Strangers. Oh, that could be. Some some weird tie-in thing. Uh, we should just yeah. do a quick correction, actually. Yeah, we got uh, a correction. We got a correction. One eagle-eared listener informed us uh, that we made a mistake, or semi-mistake, in the second episode. I said that Naked Gun 2.5 did not have a video game adaptation. And while that is technically true, there was a video game adaptation of Naked Gun in general... Uh, that was meant to be, I guess, I don't know if it's... No, I don't want to comment on if it's supposed to be a sequel or not because I don't want to <laughs> issue a correction to the correction. But there is a 2012 computer-slash-mobile phone game or whatever you want to call it uh, called Naked Gun I-C-U-P. You know? Yes, I get it. All, all acronym <laughs> I out. I, yes. I, uh, I get it. I don't know what it stands for. I didn't get that far in my research. But apparently it there, it's there, it exists. So there is a Naked Gun video game, but still not one based off of Naked Gun 2.5, The Smell of Fear. Rankings and ratings time? All right, let's do it. All right. On your one to five star scale, where would you put Final Nightmare, which we already know is your least favorite of the series, and mine too? Uh, I am giving this movie a one star. Ooh, is that your first one? No, it's my second one. It's your second one? Other oh, People's other Money, people's money also is also a one. Yeah, uh, on my zero to four star scale, I was honestly debating going down to a half star. I think what I'm going to keep it at a one star. And I think it's because the acting is probably some of the best we've seen in the series. Yeah, it's it's not terrible. Acting is fine. Yeah, I was just. But everything else that you care about? Yeah, out of all of the movies, that all, all six, this was obviously my least favorite, and I didn't really yeah care about yeah any of it (laughs) so for me it would have been a i wouldn't hate yeah i don't hate any of the acting it would have been a half star if it had the acting of something like a four or five because those movies were god awful in terms of acting (laughs) yeah some of the the acting even like two the second one yeah like this had the this had a 
one of the best casts. You know, Yafet Koto, of course. You got Lisa Zane did a great job. Yeah, I like Lizzie. Brecken Meyer was a fun character while he lasted. Yeah, yeah, Brecken Meyer just played himself, like the typecast that we have seen in the beginning of his career. Just waiting to meet somebody who knows how to draw Marvin the Martian. Um, So, yeah, it's a one because of the acting. Otherwise, it would have been a half star. Uh, but any movies worth watching once, would you watch this again? This one by itself, no. Yeah, I think... I would watch the I, first five all over again before this last one. Yeah, I think we're probably in agreement. I think if it was like a situation where we had to watch the entire series, then maybe... Or if it was maybe like, let's say, um, you know, a local theater does like a 24-hour movie. Yeah, I would like absolutely that. watch this in a theater if if we had the 3D glasses and they had the theatrical release with those extra 12 minutes. I yeah. would and I'd be curious enough to try it. Yes, I'll watch crowd. that. Yeah, with a crowd, but if if this is on TV or Shutter or wherever else, Never. I'm skipping yeah. it over. Yeah, it would have to be a large crowd too. I, I don't think I would, you know, if it's like a group, small group of friends or something. I no, yeah, I care. I like watching horror movies. But I like, need like the howling audience. Yeah, with a big crowd. Like I, w- I'm wondering, like this was probably a fun time when this was released probably. in 1991. Yeah. With the crowd. Yeah, it'd be some fun hype. Yeah. Uh, but if you out there want to watch Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, as of this recording in April 2021, it's available on HBO Max, digital rental, VHS, and DVD. As always, check your local listings. As for us, you can listen to us on all of your major platforms. Please rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends. You can email us at 1991movierewind at gmail.com. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Letterboxd. Just search 1991 Movie Rewind or go to 1991movierewind.com for the full list of 800 plus movies along with show notes and more. Next week, we're sticking with death and we're going to watch Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. <laughs> so that'll be a nice change of pace. That's also available on HBO, uh, digital rental, VHS, and DVD. We will see you then. Thank you. 